It's Money Web at Midday, hosted by myself, Arabi Lekumete, standing in for Warren Thompson today, Wednesday, the 16th of May. Um, it is a little bit of a chilly one outside, but certainly a warm one when we take a look at the market happenings that have certainly gone on thus far. Um, you are seeing a lot of earnings as well coming out today. Investec Property Fund, uh, Santova as well, Hoskin Passenger Logistics, um, having come out just at the end of trade yesterday as well. Sovereign Food Investments and Capital Appreciation had also uh, put stuff out as well. But the big one that we will focus on precisely not so long from now, Transaction Capital coming up with what is a really good set of uh, first-half earnings. Um, we will speak to uh, David Hurwitz, the CEO of Transaction Capital, a really in-depth interview uh, regarding just how the business is faring, where he sees it going, the risks that may be involved as well in the business moving forward. We'll also then chat to Wayne McCurry from Ashburton Investments, and let's get a look at how the market is necessarily faring for the rest of the day. That is all coming up on your MoneyWeb at midday, and today it's hosted by myself. Is the land expropriation without compensation plan the biggest threat to the new dawn as promised by new President Ramaphosa? Can South Africa make any progress against the background of increasing protest action, strikes, low economic growth? Attend the Brenhurst Wealth SA Kurvadi seminar series hosted in association with MoneyWeb to hear the insights of five leading experts, Magnus Haystek of Brenhurst, Ralph Matecha, political analyst, Magna Wieseska of Signia, Glenn Owen of Momentum and Jean-Pierre Fester of Fairtree Capital. Bookings at www.quicket.com. Co.za. Search for Brenthurst. I'm joined on the line now by David Herwitz, who is the Transaction Capital CEO. A good set of earnings having come out today. Um, a massive 40% jump in your interim dividend as well, David. Thank you so much for joining us. Things must certainly be going well so far in the business. Yes, thank you very much for having me on the show. Uh, we're really very proud of the, um, of the results. Uh, headline earnings up 22%. Uh, both of our divisions, SA Taxi and Transactional Capital, the services are doing really well in a very tough market, so we are pleased. You speak about the tough, the tough market. The, the big hindrances and the big factors that you faced in, in this past year, what, what really were those? I mean, so if you take a look, and never mind the past year, probably the last uh, two to three years, mm. uh, you know, the economic environment has been you know, really very difficult. Um, you know, we've seen things like... Um, uh, unemployment at elevated levels for now quite a long time. Uh, you know, we see things like um, if you take a look at uh, household debt to income, still very high at 71%. If you take a look at the number of non-performing South Africans, you know, the, the state of the consumer, mm. out of out of our 25 million credit active consumers, uh, about just under 10 million of those are in arrears. So the South African consumer is is over leveraged and in quite a difficult uh, position, but we are starting to see some nice signs of improvement. Um, there is some potential upside. Uh, the man on the street certainly isn't out of the woods, but there are signs of improvement. So by way of example, household debt to income, although it's high at 71.9%, it's down from the all-time high in uh, 2016 of 74.4%. Mm. Um, unemployment is still high at 267 but down from the high in uh, last year at 27.7. So we are hoping for, um, you know, for some economic 
uh, improvement in the consumer, which will then be very positive for both of our businesses. Yeah, you're uh, our budget, uh, We aren't budgeting on it, but I think this will give us some additional revenue growth. Yeah, I mean, you're already seeing sort of a positive sentiment sort of coming out um, of South Africa's economy itself. But realistically, how much more growth do you think you can do? And what are your focus areas moving on now? Yeah, so we aren't budgeting on an economic recovery to achieve our growth. Um, really, in our two businesses, we see growth from various uh, sides. Um, in our risk services business, we're focused on collecting debt for the large providers of uh, credit to consumers. And there, the growth area is that we are actually buying books from these credit providers, from mm-hmm. the banks, from the credit mm-hmm. retailers, etc. And uh, in this environment, you know, most of our clients, being the banks and the credit retailers, aren't really comfortable holding. Uh, these books on their balance sheet, they would rather prefer to sell them and get a guaranteed recovery. And of course, we have the scale um, and the data and the technology to collect on these books very effectively. So that is a nice uh, growth area. We've moved very nicely into non-traditional collection markets. So we are collecting on behalf of insurers. We're collecting on behalf of state-owned enterprises. We collect on behalf of municipalities. And that growth uh, factor has worked really, really nicely. And we also have made a very small investment into Australia um, that, although very small at the moment, we feel that the opportunity in Australia could be quite meaningful. Yeah. So, so, you know, those are some of the growth areas on the one side. In the taxi industry, the, the, the growth area really is around our insurance business where, um, you know, we are vertically integrated provider of services into the taxi industry. We do everything from buying and selling cars to insuring cars and financing cars. And uh, our insurance business is growing very nicely by offering additional products and by also broadening our customer base. Yeah. Um, you know, continuing with that taxi business, you, you know, the offering of, of, of insurance, obviously, certainly going to be a big one for you. But nearly 30,000 vehicles just in your SA loans, uh, taxi loans and advanced portfolio. Do you feel that the risk with regards to this industry has subsided somewhat? I mean, you work in an entirely risk um, risk uh, center uh, with regards to these transactions, but has the has the risk sort of come off a bit? Have 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 the taxi uh, you know associations and those that buy the taxis really uh, become more amenable to 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 dealing with you guys? No, so I don't I don't know so much about them being amenable. I think what the what the real risk is is that the taxi industry is under pressure. Um, the price of the minibus taxi has gone up by about 7% year on year for the last three years. So the car is expensive. Petrol prices are up, whether it's petrol or diesel, yeah. by approximately a rand if you take a 12-month rolling average uh, you know, over the last 12 months. Um, and the, the consumer, the commuter, is under pressure. So the taxi industry is under pressure, and we have to work with them with the taxi industry to try and make their businesses more sustainable. So on the one hand, we can try and reduce our rates, and we do try and do that, but it means that we have to attract a better quality customer into our business. And then we have to try to think of very innovative ways of trying to get some value back into the hands of the taxi operator and the mm. taxi industry so that they are more sustainable. Yeah. So for example, just launched a new fuel uh, uh, card where the taxi operator and driver get a rebate uh, on their spend on fuel. So it's things like that that will allow our customer to be more sustainable and mm-hmm. to do better. And and quite frankly, as a prominent player in the taxi industry, we really have to support uh, the industry leadership uh, at our top level and the individual taxi operator at a grassroots level to become more sustainable. Yeah. So it's all about work. And I don't think the risk will change. It's more about 
positioning yourself within those markets uh, uh, correctly to reduce your risk. What about what about technology? How how are you beginning to perhaps use that a little bit more in in enhancing your business? Yeah, so technology is a huge thing uh, in our in our taxi business. Um, we've got uh, telematics data which tracks the movements of these taxis, sure. and we've been collating this data for about ten years. So we know which are the good routes and which are the bad routes. Um, we know um, the movement of these vehicles. And we use all of this to do things like, first of all, decide who, who to lend money to. And that's not really driven by the credit score of the individual. It's really driven to the success rate on that particular route. Um, we use it for collections. So we'll know if a taxi operator's had a good month or a bad month uh, before we phone him to collect uh, uh, on our on our installments because we'll know how many kilometers he's traveled. You know, yeah. kilometers are correlated to the success that he's had in that month. Sure. And we'll also use this for insurance. I think using telematics insurance is now a very uh, accepted, um, you know, um, mechanism. So there's a lot around technology. The final piece of technology will be to put Wi-Fi in the vehicles. And if we can use that to then start communicating and eventually transacting and processing payments from the commuter, then that really extends our market because, um, you know, at the moment we are focused on 250,000 taxi operators, sure. uh, but there are 15 million commuters. So, you know, it would increase our market by a multiple of times. Yeah. All right. David Hurwitz, Transaction Capital CEO, thank you so much for your time taking a look there at just their earnings for the year. Quite an interesting interview on that front. Uh, well, Wayne McCurry from Ashburton Investments joining us on the line now. Wayne, I don't know how much of that interview you've heard, but a very risky business there for transaction capital, but it still looks to be offering enough value. Is that really the case? Yes, I think so. Look, I mean, they supply everything a taxi operator needs. So it's literally a one-stop shop, and they're doing a very good job. So when you look at their results, their results were actually quite good. Yeah. And although it is a volatile industry, although it is um, possibly could be perceived as being a risky industry, it is a 100% necessity in South Africa because there is, no, there is really no public transport infrastructure of any note to get commuters into places of work. Mm. So it is growth, but they've got to watch costs because obviously there's massive, massive cost pressures in the industry and the commuters can't afford just to cough up and and pay the whole time. And it is unsubsidized. So difficult, but they're actually doing quite well in the industry. And certainly they're using technology massively to try and, I suppose, enhance their offering and to try and keep the costs down. So their results were quite good, actually. Management seems very upbeat as well. So clearly there yes. is, there's, there's something there, um, and, and they seem to be trying very hard to be reducing their risk. So that offering is, is quite well. Do you go into it, however, in terms of investing in, in transaction capital with just a little more caution, though? You don't just go balls to the wall on it. No, you, go, you, do, use, you do use more caution. On this, definitely. But you know, if we believe that the South African economy is going to pick up and there'll be jobs created and there'll be real, there'll be an increase in real disposable income, you know, they will be direct beneficiaries of this because mm. things will just simply get better for them. Yeah. But as you said, you've got to take it you know, a little bit of a, 
uh, maybe look at it twice before you invest. Yeah. yeah, but the CEO did also say that he's actually not hedging um, anything with regards to the growth in the SA economy. They're looking at it as it currently stands, and any uptick yes. will, will be of benefit to them. Uh, Wayne, let's get into uh, the JSC's market uh, movement for thus far uh, today. Yesterday, the, it, it did close weaker. That's following the Correct. opening of, of the U.S. equity markets and pressure from the Treasury yields. Um, around uh, around half a percent lower as well this morning. You think much yeah. of the same for today? I think so. Look, I mean, what's happened just in the last, call it two or three weeks, mm. has been clearly dictated by what's happening overseas. And there's essentially three things happening overseas. The first and by far the most important is that interest rates are going up. This is late cycle behavior. Yeah. You've got rising interest rates. The U.S. long bonds above 3% for the first time in many, many, many years. And higher interest rates is just not good for the equity market, full stop. Mm. Second thing that's happening is what's going to happen with this trade trade dispute, trade talks with China. Yeah. It looks positive. Things seem to be moving in the right direction. But you just simply don't know. And especially with a president like Donald Trump, who is erratic, you, you just don't know what the outcome is going to be yeah. on that. And then the third thing is now, Unfortunately, you're dealing with two erratic people. It looks as though this very tentative start of a peace process between North Korea and South Korea, the North Korean leader has now pulled out of this and he said, Mm. there's no ways we're going to stop our nuclear program in exchange for trade and dropping of sanctions with America. So you also just don't know what's going to happen there. And then I suppose there's a fourth thing, and it's a high oil price. High oil price is not good for any economy. And other than the economy is producing oil, but yeah. So we sit there, and unfortunately, it's not a particularly good short-term outlook. Yeah. Um, and we'll have to see effectively what the U.S. long bond does. That, that $80 a barrel mark seems to be in check for, for the oil price. It seems to be uh, something it can probably grab hold on to very soon. Are we heading to the lofty heights of $100? Because once we get to 80 the next question will be how soon it is we, before we get to 100. Do you see that happening yeah. short-term, long-term thoughts? Look, look to a large extent, the 80 is almost engineered. Yeah. It's engineered by both Saudi and Russia cutting back on production. And there is a dramatic short uh, fall-off in production out of Venezuela because they haven't invested enough in their infrastructure. Mm. On the other side, you've got demand is solid. Demand growth is solid. And unfortunately, U.S. shale gas is producing massive amounts more, but they've got pipeline issues. They can't get it to where it's needed. Mm. So the AT is, as I said, engineered to a large extent. And I don't think Saudi and Russia want 100 oil because 100 oil it might sound fantastic, but the moment the price gets too high, people will invest more in shale. They'll invest more in shale pipelines. Mm. People will cut back on consumption. So 100 is not necessarily there for their, you know, it's not necessarily to the long-term benefit. But longer term, let's say three to five years, oil could easily go above 100 simply because there hasn't been nearly enough money spent on, on uh, exploration, finding new oil wells over the last five years. Yeah. So shale gas can fill a bit of a hole. OPEC and Russia going back to full production can fill a bit of a hole, of but it can only fill that hole for the next three years. After that, there is physically a shortfall of oil. And of course, even with very optimistic 
forecasts for electric vehicles and hybrids and all mm-hmm. of these things mm-hmm. that don't really use petrol, mm-hmm. oil consumption is only going to probably peak in 2030 before sure. those new technologies truly make an effect on physical oil consumption. Yeah. So, you know, shorter term, the price could fall a little bit because if shale comes on and they get the shale to the port, the price could actually fall a little bit. But, you know, probably not much below 70. However, as yeah. I said, three years plus, I think we probably are looking at 100, unfortunately. Is but, the, that, but, I mean, that's, that's into the future. Yeah. Is the EM spark gone, though, uh, Wayne? Uh, and I, I just ask with regards to the RAND still hovering well above, no. you know, that 1250 mark. Is that EM spark gone? No, I don't think so. Well, well, no, more correctly, it probably has gone, but not because something's gone wrong in emerging markets. It's because when the U.S. long bond goes above 3%, people take money off the table from equity markets, from emerging markets, from just about everything. Yeah. So I think it's actually a con- more a consequence of that than somehow emerging markets losing their luster or their appeal just everything's losing its appeal at the moment. Yeah. Um, and very finally, um, some earning news still expected tomorrow in particular. Investec, probably one to, to watch out for. What else are you looking at? Yeah. Well, look, I mean, today, Monday came out with the trading update, which was actually quite good, but it was expected to be good. So that was quite positive. And then we'll see what Investec brings out tomorrow. But it should actually be quite good, other than maybe the, a, a strong rand affecting the, the last uh, six months or nine months. It should actually be quite good. Yeah, hopefully we'll get to uh, either chat to uh, uh, Stephen Kosev or, or have yes. you know some sort of commentary from him as well. Wayne McCurry from Ashburton Investments, thank you so much for your time on your MoneyWeb at midday. Um, and that is uh, really just a look at how the markets were performing today. Numbers rule the world. Inflation, interest rates, petrol price. And when numbers change, you need to know how to respond especially when it comes to business. Partner with a chartered accountant and get far more than a numbers person. A CASA is equipped with holistic business acumen and decision-making expertise when evaluating your business's future growth. Partner with a responsible leader in business. Partner with a CASA today. Go to saika.co.za. MoneyWeb at Midday brought to you by the South African Institute of Chartered Accountants. That brings us to the end of the show. It's just gone 12.19. Uh, as uh, Wayne said as well, we'll hopefully catch into that Investec discussion and just how those earnings will do. Um, it's been a pleasure hosting you today. My name is Arabile Kumete. 